0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Thursday, September 7th, and we're going through value options on the Sunday DFS sport. A little gambling market check-in, going through each position, giving out best plays. Let's go. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome in. Today is Thursday, September 7th, and we are going through the value options on the Sunday DFS board. I am joined by the most frequent guest on the podcast, Gibby Grave, the, the man I couldn't talk to about fantasy football until our league had its home auction. I've been playing fantasy with this man for, what, 13, what is this, like 13 years now in the league? 14, 15 years? Probably more than that.
1: More than that, probably now like 16, 17 years since we were like in 8th grade, ninth grade. It has been quite a while with me and Gibby in the same
0: week. Uh, we were breaking down these Thursday DFS slates all last season. Gib. We're going to be doing it pretty regularly. You're going to be joining me pretty regularly this season. For these value options episodes. Before we get into it, we still don't have news on Travis Kelsey. We still don't have that much of an update on what's going to happen in tonight's Chiefs games. But I do want to always start this podcast off with a quick check with the gambling market and going through what's changed and how that's going to impact how we feel about what's going to happen on the Sunday slate. In terms of that Chiefs-Lions game, the indicators still show Kelsey's going to be out, and that total is ticking back up. So I do think there's a chance that he actually plays. If Kelsey is out, I do expect the total to go back down. So I think the bouncing numbers in the market are like he's going from doubtful to questionable. I don't think he's reached the probable point yet, but I do think it's in that questionable category right now. Looking at the rest of the numbers, the 49ers-Steelers game has ticked up to 41.5. To me, this is a little surprising. There was a reverse line movement on the board in terms of the total. And the news that Joey Bosa or is, is both is Joey Bosa on the 49ers or is it Nick Bosa? Nick, I always get the, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, last year's defensive player of the year, Joey Bosa's on the Chargers. Uh his brother Nick Bosa just signed the biggest deal for any defensive player in NFL history. And the total actually ticked up half a point. So for me, this was a kind of surprising, and I think it's these books kind of evening out their exposure on these lines because we did see some reverse line movement and we do know more bets are on the over, more money's on the over, even though it was trending under. That's why we loved it. We loved grabbing the under 41.5 because of the key number of 41. So I'm kind of still interested in this line. I don't love to see it moving against me, but I don't think it's going to go north of its opening line of 41.5. I don't think we ever hit a 42 on this game. Uh, looking through the rest of the numbers, not much has changed from what I discussed on the week one slate breakdown show where I went through the high spend options. The Minnesota Vikings, who we are fading heavily this season, have now come down to a minus 5.5 favorite. So there's clearly some action on the visiting Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We have no bets on that game because to me, the Buccaneers are also a sinking ship. Pun intended. Pun intended. And uh, I don't advise playing, taking the Buccaneers with the points, but fading the Vikings will be something that we talk about later. Uh, there really is nothing else worthy of discussion that's that different from what we went over on the Tuesday week one slate breakdown pod. Gib. How are you feeling about the board this week? There's not really many value options because we don't have many injuries on the board. So when you went through and took a first look at this Sunday DFS board, what was like some of the first few things that went through your mind?
1: Uh, first thing that I always do with DFS, uh, and I think you know this, that I always go to the optimizer to see like who, who, do, the, who do the optimizers think is going to pop and uh, is the best value. And the one person—I don't know if we're going to go position by position after this—but the the one thing that kept popping up because there's no injuries is about suspensions. And looking at the Saints, looking at their running back, No. Kamara, Jamal Williams seems like he's in for a pretty a pretty big day uh, at a pretty cheap price. Um, So that was the only thing like that really stood out to me. Other than, I mean, it's it's one of the only things. Sent out to me in terms of like this is a value play this I need to have in my teams so I can put you know bigger money where I think it needs to go
0: yeah and Jamal Williams is coming in at 5100 so again more expensive than we normally see for like a typical value play backup running back resuming the starting role because we've known that Kamara is going to be suspended the first few games and these price tags came out knowing that Jamal Williams was going to handle this for full, full workload. There are a few other players like Dion Jackson and Raheem Mostert that are going to pretty much be assuming a full workload as a fill-in running back, even at week one. So let's go through. Let's do that. Go through by position by position, Gib. I have some questions prepared for you. Let's start with the quarterback. I know this is a value options episode, but me, you, you, and our guest yesterday, who's a DFS guru, Mike Lafemina we are all very pro high-spend quarterbacks on these DFS boards. Not just this DFS board, but in general, we go for a higher-priced quarterback because the difference in the points that they achieve, the first-place quarterback outscores the 12th-place quarterback by an average of over 10 points. So that split is the biggest between any starting position. It's bigger than the difference between RB1 and RB 24 because you start two running backs. It's bigger than the difference between wide receiver one and wide receiver 36 because you start three wide receivers in these general 12-team leagues. So quarterback offers the most room to break free from the rest of the pack, and so you really need to get that right. So you generally go for a very good and high-spend option. On the Tuesday show, I talked about Jalen Hurts not having the greatest matchup, but being a very, very fair price coming in at 7.8 for him. Or Justin Herbert having a dream matchup in a game where the Chargers are the favorite. We've seen the line go from minus 2.5 to minus 3. We've seen the total tick up from 49.5 to 50.5 or even 51 at some places. So a lot of overaction in this game for Herbie. There's underaction in the game for Hertz. But I still think that price tag makes me really confused because the nine hundred dollar difference is not that much to pay for Hertz. Where do you go between those two quarterbacks?
1: Uh, it's tough because I, I do love a quarterback that runs and the points that come with that with Hertz. But this matchup between Miami and the Chargers, I think, is just too juicy not to try and take the sixty nine hundred for for Herbert. I Herbert. I can. I fully expect this to be an absolute shootout uh, of a game, and I think Herbert, as much, trash as we've talked the past day uh, because of our draft about Herbert, I do think he is going to have a tremendous first game due to due to the matchup and the shootout that I think is going
0: to be. Can we take a twenty-second timeout to explain what happened in our home league draft with Justin Herbert? You want it? You want to take ahead. it? It's all you. All right, so. Justin Herbert was like the 8th or ninth quarterback nominated in the auction draft, the salary cap draft. Me and Gibby don't play in a league full of snake draft booger-eating people. We play in the salary cap format where the real sharps come to the market. And Justin Herbert ends up going for $36 in our league. This is $7 more than Josh Allen came in at $29. This is eleven dollars more than Patrick Mahomes came in at twenty-five. This is eight dollars more than the guy that we're talking about right now, Jalen Hurts came in at twenty-eight. And I thought it was probably the biggest mistake of the draft. I look back in hindsight and I say the the owner that got Justin Herbert could have had Josh Allen and Deontay Johnson for the exact same cost. So that one really hurts. Pun intended on the Hurts. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was, to me, the biggest head-scratcher, and we've talked about this before. He needs, in order for, for uh, the owner to justify that pick, he needs to have the best season by far, by far margin, whatever that percentage is, more than, right. it, than he was drafted by any other quarterback. Um,
0: he needs to, like, for, more than outdo Josh Allen. Like, it has to be by a good bit that it allows you to go take another player in addition to that, like a wide receiver, 2-3 flex kind of guy.
1: Yeah, he needs to have like eight to ten percent more points, uh, like weekly on average, than Josh Allen has in order for this pick to make any sense. Which makes, which is very unlikely.
0: So, even though we didn't like Justin Herbert from a season-long at that price, we do really like Herbert in this game. Gib, you sound like you're going Herbert. I think I'm going to go Hertz ultimately. If that's really the edge that I'm going towards right now, that will affect how we choose the rest of the lineup because there's positions to play in or not play in depending on whether or not you're taking part in this game. Is there any other quarterback that is possibly a value option that we'd like to talk about? I have like one or two that are worth mentioning.
1: Uh, it, the, I have guys who are a little bit like a little bit further down that I'm like, ah uh, if i if I needed a quarterback and I want to spend my money elsewhere. I'm looking uh, specifically at Jared Goff at six thousand playing Kansas City tonight. If that's a shootout, um, he typically puts up big numbers, uh, and I can see him putting up big numbers today. Um, So you'd have to one, you'd have to be playing the the Thursday night games uh, DFS also. But Jared Goff at six thousand was one one that I that I saw that was like could be an interesting play if I needed that extra couple hundred bucks.
0: Okay, I'm going to throw a few at you. Uh, Mike right. Mike that came on the pod yesterday said Geno Smith was a decent option. Home against the Rams in Seattle should be kind of a shootout. Has his all three of his wide receivers healthy. We've gotten word that there's no Cooper Cup, and the Rams defense has literally 45 rookies on it besides Aaron Donald. So that was a spot that he wanted to target. I don't love an in-division week one situation to play into those games are typically tougher and these opponents know each other more so i was like a little bit wanted to back off that which is made me think do i go anthony richardson of course that's also a divisional game against the jacksonville jaguars but that's a completely new scheme and a new quarterback so i don't think there's the the jaguars are coming in with familiarity about the shane stike and anthony richardson offense so i think that one we could deviate from that idea from so i liked anthony richardson at 5600 without jonathan taylor Is he just handling all the workload duties? His anytime touchdown prop for a quarterback is very low. It's one of the most uh, likely quarterbacks to have a rushing touchdown in this Sunday slate. And I also, you know I love them Saints. You know I can't quit the Saints. So I'm looking at Derek Carr. I'm looking at Titans, ranked 29th against opponent rank uh, against quarterbacks last year in fantasy. Saints are a home favorite. The only reason why I'm not very interested in this one is because I'm on the under 42 in that game. So I'm not going to play into a quarterback where I'm on the under of a low total. But I do like Derek Carr. I do like Anthony Richardson. And if I was in a pinch, those are the spots that I would find myself gravitating towards. Do any of those stand out to you?
1: Uh, I, I like the running quarterback, so Anthony Richardson sounds good. Derek Carr, I don't know, I, I, I want to see it before I put my like my money on Derek Carr with the Saints. I did not love what I saw at the end of last year with the Raiders, but that could be for a host of reasons. I have one, Before we move off from quarterback, I have one question for you. Yep. I know you're also a big, big Atlanta guy. I'm looking at Ritter right here for 4,900. Absolutely. If you it, and and they're playing and they're playing Carolina. So, it's not the best team that they're playing in the world. I love the Ritter take. Let's go. Uh, are, are, is, there, is there a sliver in you that wants to, to take that and then load up elsewhere? 4,900 Desmond Ritter as your The perfect answer to this question is
0: 100 gazillion percent yes. You know I am the Desmond Ritter truther. Um, but <laughs> – That comes in the style of contest where you're playing a GPP tournament. You're throwing one of those Ritter-type entries in one of the bigger contests where you need to hit a top 10%, top 5% for payout, and if you hit a top 1%, you're breaking the bank because he is going to be very low-owned, and the upside is clearly there. If there's a quarterback who's very low-owned and has a chance to rush the ball six to eight times guaranteed that is going to result in a top 10 quarterback type performance, especially on this slate where we don't have Patrick Mahomes and we don't have Josh Allen because they're playing in the Thursday and Monday games. You don't have Dak Prescott. You don't have Danny Dimes because they're playing in the Sunday night game. So if I was going, Gibby's talking about a Thursday to Sunday or Thursday to Monday slate. If I'm looking at just the, the Sunday classic slate, a lot of these quarterbacks are missing so going with a Ritter situation it becomes intriguing because some of the other slate breakers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, are simply unavailable. So you have less competition to get the right guy, and then you can redistribute that money elsewhere, like the running back. Let's move straight into the running back position. Um, best value option on the board, in your opinion, was, is it still Jamal Williams?
1: Still Jamal Williams, um, and I don't think we need to bring that back up because I think we talked about that. But wanted to ask you about your Deion Jackson value play. We both, I think, last year had Dion Jackson uh, when Jonathan Taylor was out. Do you think that with Anthony Richardson, he is a good play this week? Is he something? Is he somebody that you that you like this week?
0: So I want to see. So I, I have. Um, it's Dion Jackson at at forty one hundred. It's okay. Raheem Mostert at 5,400, and it's uh, Jamal Williams at 5,100. So in my gut, I say this comes back to if you're playing Herbert situation. If you're playing Herbert You do not want to be playing Raheem Mostert. You do not want to be playing an opposing running back from your quarterback. That does not make sense. If Mostert's killing the game and running the ball, that means Herbert's clock is just going to tick, tick, tick away. So if you are playing Jalen Hurts, then the combination of throwing in a Raheem Mostert and getting action in that game that might be a shootout is probably my favorite way to go about this. If you are playing... Derek Carr then you are not playing Jamal Williams if you are playing Anthony Richardson then you are not playing Deion Jackson so I do think Jamal Williams is my favorite of the value of between those three at cost I have one other guy that I just like straight up better but I do think this becomes very situational to the way that you're playing your quarterback and if I'm not playing Justin Herbert then Raheem Mostert becomes an absolute must play
1: Yeah, and I I think one thing to for the Deion Jackson play just to note, it looks like Zach Moss is out. Yes, so I don't think there's he's out. So I don't think anybody is. I don't think any of like the other backup. It's this guy named
0: Evan Hull who's like a rookie and he's also a fullback and he's kind of he's a good pass blocker. So maybe he protects a little bit for Richardson. But you go check Deion Jackson's Twitter before and after the games, you're going to get a great little nugget from him saying, like, I'm about to ball out. Or he finishes the RB1 one week last season and then tweeted that after that night, I haven't even gotten in my bag yet. So Dion is is throwing things on X.com, not Twitter, and he's very easy to root for. So I, I do like that situation. The guy that I have hearts in my eyes for, Gibb, mm-hmm. And I talked about this game, the Buccaneers-Vikings. Rashad White at 5500 is m- my favorite price on the board in any position anywhere.
1: Rashad White, wow. And I could not have
0: been fading this guy more from a season-long perspective. However, mm-hmm. in a game at Minnesota where you're going to be in the Dome – where they're probably going to have a relative game script. They're getting the sharp side of the action in a negative game script. Rashad White had 100% of snaps with the starters in preseason, and he's known for being a pass-patching back. So there's a combination where the game script might really benefit him, and he's already getting full workload at an elite level, and that price tag hasn't caught up to him. And DraftKings is a full-point PPR, so this guy might absolutely feast. There is no way, shape, or form I do not play Rashad White in my lineups.
1: I like that. Rashad White was a pain in my ass last year because I had Lenny, and he, is explo- he He was just better than Lenny last year. He was like when you saw Tony Pollard and Zeke. Uh, and uh, who's the guy uh, uh, in Pittsburgh who's just better than Najee? Jalen Warren. Yeah, you see these guys who are just explosive. I see that with Rashad White, so I like th- I like that play, I think. Uh, he has a chance this week to, to, to go
0: off. Is there any other guys that you think you want to talk about in the running back position?
1: In, in terms, of, of terms of value play? No, I think we touched on all the value plays.
0: Okay. I really also like Damian Pierce and I also like um, Dobbins. They're playing against each other in that Houston Baltimore game. Again, Damian Pierce has been his workload has just showed that he's getting an elite level carries and targets and route runs and all these things yards after contact he's like a baby marshawn lynch so at five thousand eight hundred, even though it's possibly a negative game script i'm not sure that he's going to be that affected by it if he's also handling more passing work this season and then on the flip side of that jk dobbins uh i can't see the price let me just search him i about
1: 66.
0: dobbins I don't know why he's not even on my board. Okay, so he's 6,600. Same thing. I really like J.K. Dobbins because he might just take 24 carries in a game where the Baltimore Ravens are up 24 nothing, and he might have two or three touchdowns, 110 yards plus, and he's had explosive games. You can pair him with a Ravens special teams kind of thing, go defense and pair your running back and defense and get a plus value stack by doing that. Let's go over to the wide receivers, Gib. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start this off like I always did. Who is your favorite value wide receiver on the board?
1: I don't know if you'll like this one. You may, you may hate this. Um, and we talked about the Saints before. You like the Saints, and Chris Olave is getting a lot of love, but I think that means that people are forgetting about my man Michael Thomas. Mikey T. Michael Thomas, he's going for fifty-one hundred. Um, He's the number two receiver there after Alave, but I don't know. There, there could be this like Derek Carr uh, likes Michael Thomas or has more of a connection with him right away or for Week One. So I think for fifty one hundred you could get a number one wide receiver in Michael Thomas. Now all the reports are saying he's kind of looking like his old self. I don't know you can believe it or not, uh, but like if he's anywhere near what he was two to three years ago when he was absolutely dominant, fifty one hundred is an absolute steal.
0: What's the reports on Juju Smith Schuster? Uh, the
1: the knee is about to explode.
0: <laughs> I feel bad for him, but the way that this has been talked about in the discourse recently, like go on go on X and search Juju and listen to what some of these beat writers are saying. They're like, his knee is on the verge of exploding, and he's got an exploding knee, and it's the worst kept secret that his knee is terrible. Mike Thomas, we are hearing some you know good things. On the other end, that he's finally healthy. He's actually being outspoken, saying like, F you guys. He's coming back at people clapping on him for not being healthy and talking like he is actually finally healthy. So Chris Olave is an absolute lock for my roster as well. Uh, Mike talked about this on the last podcast yesterday during the showdown slate. When I asked him to preview a few guys that he liked on the Sunday card, he gave out Chris Olave as his favorite value option. I agree with that. I think at 6,500, he becomes a lock for me in the same sense of Rashad White. The market has not caught up to how good he actually is. For that reason, I will not be playing Mike Thomas because you don't want to be playing two wide receivers on the same team. However, we're looking at Mike Thomas at the same range as like Van Jefferson and like Jackson Smith and Jigba and Traylon Burks. So we're talking about a guy who's broken NFL records for being like incredibly pass catching and possession receiver in another I'll say this again in a full PPR DraftKings contest so I do think that's a good one I like Jahan Dotson Gibb 5,000 McLaurin might be hurt they're playing against the Cardinals that might be the worst team in the NFL this season so I think Dotson straight up at 5,000 presents a good opportunity um Donovan Peoples-Jones is someone who I've always really liked. I don't know if $4,300, hundred. i am okay with it. It seems a little bit pricey. I'd like it to come down to 439 Then I would be all over it because it would add some flexibility. Um, Rahid Shahid for the Saints. If you are going to take that dart throw Saints flyer with Derek Carr and expect them to be really good, then pairing Shahid really cheap because he's the deep bomb threat in a GPP contest could really work. But this feels like a week where you're going to be more in the middle of the pack. One more is Kendrick Bourne. I joked about Juju. We're hearing the same things about Devontae Parker, that he might not actually be fully healthy and ready to go. So Kendrick Bourne might become the go-to receiver in New England, and he's priced at 3300 So another great dart throw GPP that would allow you flexibility elsewhere because this slate is harder to find value on. Would you – one question
1: on receivers before we move on. And this yep. is for the Thursday slate because this is about the, the Chiefs. Yeah, let's do one it. One guy whose name is – is I, I think everyone is talking about is Sky Moore. If Kelsey doesn't play, is Sky Moore a must start at 43? Because he's the number one option then. Yes. Or two.
0: Yes. Very easy answer. Yes. He's also an absolute lock if you're playing a showdown slate for – the Thursday night football game alone. Okay. All right. Going over to tight end. We covered, I forget who we even went through on this tight end list during the spend ups. Andrews tough matchup going against Baltimore. I don't know if I want to pay up for Andrews Hawkinson. I am on Hawkinson's over prop yards. I do really like Hawkinson in this game. Again, if you're playing Rashad white, and you're taking the pass-catching running back position, you don't necessarily want an opposing tight end. uh, Because White is a pass-catcher, and the reason to play him is a pass-script type game, then I'm less hesitant of the stack. But going running back, reverse tight end, not ideal. I'm looking, staring at two guys, and I need you to talk me through it. It's Tyler Higbee and Gerald Everett. Now, I think the easy answer to this question, I don't want to overcomplicate it, Gib, is... One of two things. It's either just a blanket statement, you play Tyler Higby because Cup is out and the volume is going to be immense, or it goes back to it's dependent on your quarterback. And if you're playing Herbert, you play Everett. And otherwise, you play Higby.
1: Uh, I love Higby this week. Um, I think just because of the targets, uh, I think that also Seattle's defense hasn't been that great against tight ends. So – Last year wasn't. It? So I think Higby is, is the play this week. Jalen Everett, that's your boy from last year. Uh, and I think I didn't I didn't love him last year. So I'm going to with, go with Higby this week.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think I'm blanket Higby regardless. I also think I am going Jalen Hurts. So I think I'm looking at a Jalen Hurts, Higby, Olave, Rashad White type of core four that I always give out. Let's segue over to the defense. If you are playing – uh. Dobbins, then it makes a lot of sense to play the Ravens defense. If you are playing a guy like McCaffrey, it makes a lot of sense to play the 49ers defense. So pairing those makes sense. However, I'm looking heavily at the Washington Commanders, 2,800, very low spend. They are going to be the chalk of the slate, first time we're using that word for this season. Chalk meaning the most common play on the board, so... In a DFS sense, you're just putting them in and you're not going to make or break your lineup because you're just going to replicate what the bulk of the whole contest does. But at 2,800, I think you just play into the chalk right there. And I can't really see that many other options on the board.
1: Yeah, I I, I didn't love any of the pay-up options for defense. The only other one you can you could maybe talk yourself, that I was maybe talk myself into, uh, was Green Bay. And that's if you don't believe that uh, fields can destroy them on the ground. Uh, they're also going for 2,800, but, again, I'd rather the Commanders at 2,800 because Arizona doesn't, hasn't even said who their quarterback is this week. So They they,
0: they did. They announced it's going to
1: be Josh Dobbs.
0: It is Dobbs. Yeah, so he's been on the roster for two weeks and he's starting.
1: Yeah. I was so confused why they cut McCoy and, and did this because McCoy was, like, not terrible last year.
0: That's, that's why they cut him.
1: Ah, uh, okay. The point. The point.
0: They they simply are, by cutting Colt McCoy, by trading their one of their best defensive players for a seventh-round pick, they're shedding future salary and absorbing the dead money cap hits now so that their books are cleaner in the future, and they're just increasing the value of their own picks by being worse. So I think like that's definitely uh, a fun one. Have you ever heard of skins contest, give in football? No, I don't even
1: know skins in golf.
0: Okay, in football, it's you you are drafting either a team's win total or a team's loss total. And you get one point or one skin for, let's say you have Chiefs wins, then you get one skin every time the Chiefs win a game. So if the Chiefs go 13 and four, you get 13 skins. If they advance two rounds into the playoffs, you get 15 or whatever, right? And then at the end of the season, at the end of the Super Bowl, your collective of teams that you've picked the winners and losers from, you get added up into a final score. Okay. Is there any team that you'd want the win total more than just taking Cardinals losses as a Skins? Is
1: there any team that I think is going to win more? The only team I can think about is the Eagles, uh, but I still don't know. I don't, I don't think the Cardinals will win more than two games.
0: Right. So if you had a first pick in a Skins draft, you're taking the Arizona Cardinals losses, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a funny... It's pretty similar to
1: golf skins, but yes. I, now I see it.
0: It's, it's pretty interesting. Um, they also do survivor contests, which I am a part of a few of them this year. Every single entry for me in a survivor contest this week is the Washington Commanders. So I'll be riding with Dotson in my line. Maybe Dotson in my lineup. Maybe the defense on my team. Actually, if I'm playing Dotson, I'm not going to play the defense. That's a stack correlation that doesn't make sense. So defense will definitely be in my lineup they will definitely be all over my Survivor pools. Gib, is there anything else that you want to hit on for this week before we get out of here?
1: No, I think we I think we hit on on, on all of it. I'm, I'm just excited it's back it's back baby we're we're back tonight and then Scott Hansen on Sunday and then your Jets Bills Monday night. Yeah, maybe it's gonna be. It is. You know, it sucks that I have Bills defense. So it's like. Uh, I, I can't. It's hard for me to root against the Jets, but fantasy over. over you
0: want me to give you a fun fantasy. little nugget, and, and this will be a best bet that we give out before we get out of here for the people who listen to the 31 full minutes of this podcast?
1: Yeah.
0: A bet that I have not given out publicly, but I am on it. Jets, Bills, under 23.5 first half. So you can enjoy your defense knowing that I'm on the first half under right there. But, yeah, Let's that go. is uh, seemingly a sharp side right now. So I would advise getting on that if you're hearing this pod and checking back with me on Saturday for the core four lineup. I tell you, it's probably just going to be Jalen Hurts, Tyler Higby, Chris Olave, Rashad White. That's kind of where I'm leaning. But I will make sure I come back and do it and give you final bets and update the betting card. Gib, you will be joining me plenty of Thursdays for these quick breakdowns of these value option slates Thank you, as always, for being here, and to all the listeners, peace out.